Hello, and welcome to A Nerdy Book Club. My name is Polly, and this week I'm going to be talking about All the Young Dudes, book two. So just a warning, this podcast is marked explicit, meaning I sometimes swear or talk about sensitive subjects. Be sure to check the show notes for any content warnings. Also, you can check us out on social media. The best way to do that is to go to our website, cauldroncakesandwine.com, because we are a Cauldron Cakes and Wine podcast, and all of our social media is linked there on our website. It's the easiest way to find it all. Also, there are spoilers ahead. There will be spoilers for all of all the young dudes and potentially anything to do with Harry Potter, all seven books, and extended universe things. This book begins with Remus returning to Hogwarts for fifth year. He notices a difference in Sirius um, that he seems to rather like. Remus is a prefect like Lily, and James is the Quidditch captain. Remus can't wear his prefect badge, though, because it is made of silver, which you would think that they would make him a fake silver one, but no, not our Hogwarts. (laughs) This isn't much of an issue, though, because Sirius ends up transfiguring it um, to make it into tin, which is just really thoughtful and cute. At the end of the first chapter, Remus thinks that he might fancy Sirius Black. Yay! The next day at breakfast, Sirius and James are talking. James is saying that Sirius is limping, and he says that his mom has done something. She has butchered him, and we're going to learn a little bit more about this. Remus learns that the boys have become illegal animagus, even though he asked them not to, and the marauders are going to be with Remus for the first time while he transforms. Afterwards, he asks Sirius um, if it was scary to look at, and Sirius says, no, you were beautiful, which is kind of cute, but also very confusing. Like, really, really fucking confusing. During a Hogsmeade weekend, Remus goes and finds a phone booth and calls Grant. He asks Grant how he knew Remus was into boys, and Grant tells him, he's basically like, I didn't really know, Um, I just tried it out, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and then Grant asks him who he fancies. Remus kind of tells him, and then he's basically like, Grant being he is like, yeah, I doubt your friend is into guys. They have a big party in the common room for Sirius's birthday. Sirius is dating Mary again. Remus goes to the Potters for Christmas and Sirius has to go home. They speak to Sirius through the two-way mirror every night and one night they don't hear from him and eventually they get a letter from Regulus saying basically please send help and then Sirius's body comes through the flu network and oh my gosh it's so sad. It makes me so angry what his family does to him. A lot of fan fictions really shy away from the darker parts of the Marauders, Sirius's family being one of those aspects that oftentimes it kind of gets looked over. A lot of times he's just very like cool, calm, and collected. He gets disowned off page and it doesn't really seem to be something that he cares that much about. And I kind of appreciate that she went fully in on how deep and how dark and terrible the Black family was and potentially could have been. They learn that Sirius's family has used the Cruciatus curse on him. 
James and Remus are told to go to bed and James's mom, she used to be a healer, so she is going to look after Sirius. Dumbledore comes to the Potters and asks for Sirius to basically tell him what happened and he says that his whole family was there for a dinner and they were all toasting to Voldemort. He explains that Bellatrix showed him his dark mark or her dark mark tattoo and then his family wanted to get him in on it as well. His parents used the unforgivable curses on him over and over and over again. Then they let him in a locked room and he used the flu network to escape. Dumbledore asks Mr. Potter if they will house Sirius and he says that the offer stood the same as it did when they offered um, back when Sirius was 12 and oh my gosh, like I love the Potters so much. They are the most lovely family and I just, my heart like, oh, so, so good, (laughs) so pure. That night, they all pile into James's bed together. Of course, once the other two boys go to sleep, Remus goes back to his own bed. Ugh, oh my gosh. I, I can't even explain how much I just love these books. They are everything I want and need in the world. <laughs> they return to Hogwarts and Sirius is sporting a new look. Remus thinks that he looks like a rock star. When they're going back to school, Remus notices that... Um, A boy a bit younger than him named Christopher keeps following him around and he realizes that he has a crush on him, but Remus doesn't really return those feelings. We learn that Remus has a big plan to ask Lily out. Sirius has helped him write a song for the event. Sirius wants Remus to go to Hogsmeade with Marlene so that they are all kind of all coupled up together and that it will make her think that she should be coupled up and say yes Uh, but he says no he's going to be busy and he's going to plan to go and make another phone call with Grant. He talks to Grant and learns that Grant will be leaving so he won't be able to contact each other anymore, which we obviously know from having read this before that this is not actually the case. When Remus meets up with the others, James is soaking wet and it's clear that things have not gone well with Lily. The Marauders are out pulling pranks and Remus and Sirius end up having to hide in a broom closet from Filch. While they're in there, Sirius asks him why he's being so moody this year and avoiding him and Remus tells him to drop it, that this isn't the time. It's a very tense moment where they're just stuck in this broom closet together and it's pretty funny actually. It is Remus's birthday again and they're having a big party in the common room. Lily even helped plan it and sent out invitations. Some of the other kids from other houses wanted to come as well. And that morning, Sirius and Mary get into a really, really big fight at breakfast. The Marauders decorate the entire common room and they have this huge party. Sirius has been upstairs moping and after Remus has had a few drinks, he goes to go get some cigarettes. On the way back down, Sirius and Remus meet on the stairs and Sirius wants to speak to him. Sirius says happy birthday and then um, they talk a little bit about Mary. Sirius asks if he's ever kissed anyone and Remus lies and tells him no and then Remus grabs Sirius and kisses him and Sirius kisses him back and then they go off in separate directions. Ah! 
I remember being a bit shocked at like how early this fan fiction had the kissing in it. Of course, it's still extremely slow burn. So, you know, whereas it happens in book two, but you know, when something is slow burn, sometimes you kind of think it's going to take like an extra two billion years, like they're going to kiss at the very end of it. <laughs> Remus goes um, down to the party, intending to apologize to Sirius, but when he gets down there, Sirius is snogging Mary in the middle of the room and everyone's watching and oh, poor Remus, poor Remus. After this chapter, um, we get a chapter from Sirius's perspective and I really felt like his chapter was a bit unnecessary, but it's the exact same thing. We don't need any of the new information. There's no new information, really. I mean, we get a little bit of what Sirius is thinking. I just don't think it's really enough for it to need to be there. And I actually think that um, these extra sort of chapters from other people's perspectives, I think they were written afterwards. I don't think they were a part of the original um, publication of the fan fiction, but I'll get more into that later because I know that there are other chapters later that this is 100% the case for. I just, I don't know about the serious ones. Um, they might've been a part of the original. They might not have been. I don't really know. The next day, Remus wakes up um, early and worries about what happened the night before. He pretends to speak to Grant in his head. One night after the full moon, Sirius asks Remus if they're all right, and he says, of course. Then everyone gets really busy studying for the end of term. Remus's study group is so big now that he has to do um, it in like different transitions, I guess. The Marauders are talking about what they want to do after school and they have these career meetings with McGonagall and James says that he wants to fight against Voldemort. Oh, sweet, stupid, brave James, just like Harry. <laughs> Little does he know that he won't survive the war and it's so sad. Ugh. Being a Marauders fan is just like constant pain. <laughs> the other Marauders decide that they are going to do the same thing. When Remus tells McGonagall about his decision, she looks tired and says that she didn't become a teacher for this. And uh, that it honestly, it would be really horrible as a teacher to watch these kids all say that they want to fight in this war and um, then they die and their kids go on to do the exact same thing. It would be really, really traumatic. And there would be a part of you that would feel, I guess, really you know, you would feel like, wow, these kids are so brave and they want to fight for what's right in the world. But at the same time, like they're just so young and have so much of their life taken away from them because of this war. And as an educator, that is so disheartening and so heartbreaking. And I, I really, uh, it just highlights um, the tragedy of this entire story. At the next Quidditch game, Snape and two other friends hide under the bleachers and then they pick Remus with a silver prefect pin and he ends up falling down the stands. Obviously he's concerned about them knowing about him being a werewolf because of the silver pin. Remus tells Sirius that Snape had caused him to fall and the chapter ends with Remus thinking that no matter how much Sirius hated Slytherin, he would never do anything so reckless that Remus couldn't forgive him and ugh... I literally groaned out loud at this part. Like, this fan fiction is about to get, like, real sad real fast. 
we get a bit of a glossed over version of what happens when um, James bullies Snape. The moment that Harry sees in the pensieve, Remus admits that he had um, enjoyed it and we see Remus has a lot of remorse and wishes that he had kind of stepped in but the others don't really seem to feel that bad. Snape waits outside the Gryffindor common room trying to talk to Lily, but he um, ends up running into Remus and Sirius, and Snape insinuates that he knew about Lupin being a werewolf and leaves. Remus tells Sirius to leave it and drop the entire thing. This is what the book has to say about the interaction. Years later, Remus would look back on that conversation with the benefit of hindsight and scold himself for leaving things that way, but they were not yet the men they would become, and as much as Remus liked to think that he was mature and intuitive, he was about to learn that he still didn't know the first thing about Sirius. Ooh, shit. It's about to get real, guys. That night, the full moon, um, none of the marauders come to see him and he knows something really bad must have happened. And so he wakes up in the hospital wing and James is there. James tells him that Sirius told Snape how to use the tree. And then Snape went in and saw Remus and James saved him at the last minute. Remus thinks that he will never forgive Sirius, which I really do get. This would be such a big betrayal. Sirius is one of his best friends, and he basically told their biggest enemy his biggest secret, something that could have had huge consequences for Lupin. And I'm so glad that the book really goes into this and kind of explores this moment more. What Sirius did is actually so bad. He could have gotten Snape killed, and that's pretty fucking bad even for a kid you know I always say like we don't hold kids accountable for the shitty things that they do when they're kids because they're kids and they're learning but like this is pretty fucking bad it's pretty bad to like almost get another person killed right I love Sirius Black as much as the next person but this moment really does show just I guess his lack of empathy at times and his recklessness and it is a little bit disturbing. Remus goes to talk to McGonagall because he doesn't want to stay at the school anymore. He tells her that he could have been arrested, sent to Azkaban, or put down, and he says that, um, he says, I never would have known I'd done anything, and it's all his fault. And that's just such a punch to the gut because it's really true. It's just so true, and I really had never thought about this before reading this. McGonagall explains to him a bunch of ways that Sirius has been punished and she empathizes with him, but she tells him that um, if they were to move him out of the dorm, then people would ask why. Um, Then Remus gives her his prefect badge and says that he doesn't want it anymore. I, I think that that moment of saying like, if we did this, people would ask why. I think that that is Um, at the center of why Sirius was never expelled from Hogwarts. It's the most logical reason because if Sirius did something so bad to get him expelled from Hogwarts, like what could he possibly be doing that is worse than what James or Remus or the other marauders are doing? Sirius had to do something so bad to get expelled and that would only put more attention onto Remus and onto the situation of what happened and potentially put Remus at risk of being you know, the other students finding out. So I think that that honestly has a lot to do with why he never got expelled. 
Remus goes up to the dorm. He thanks James for stopping Snape, and he says that um, he saved both of their lives, and then he goes to bed. Sirius is apologizing to Remus over and over again, but naturally he doesn't accept the apology. James seems a little bit like he disapproves of Remus not accepting the apology because he has a soft spot for Sirius, which is kind of bullshit because I think that um, normally James's you know moral compass points very north, and I think that he should be a little bit more aware of how big of a betrayal this was. Remus feels a bit ashamed of himself as well because he still loves Sirius and still desires him, which I think that's that's really fair. That's a very real feeling when somebody who you love hurts you so badly, you feel really guilty that you still love them even though they've done something to you that's kind of horrible. On the train ride out of Hogwarts, Lily sits with Remus and she tries to ask him what is going on with the other boys. She says that Snape has some stories about Remus and um, he tells her basically that they're all true and that she can't tell anyone and she promises that she won't tell. Remus goes back to the group home and eventually runs away because um, he just doesn't want to be there anymore. So he goes and finds the squat that Grant is living at. Grant and Remus talk vaguely about what happened with Sirius. Obviously, he can't tell the full truth. I love Grant so much. He is just such a lovely original character. Ah, He just, and he gets better and better and better throughout the series. They basically say that the Muggle police are looking for Remus, and Dumbledore says that if he isn't found in 24 hours, then they're going to send the Aurors after him. Remus ends up going back with James and Sirius and he's going to stay with the Potters for the rest of the summer. When he gets there, James tells him that there was an attack on the full moon by a werewolf. Moody comes to talk to him about it and he says that it was Greyback and that he is working for Voldemort. He wants to know if Remus has had any contact with Greyback and tells him that he won't be able to go into Hogsmeade this year until Greyback is found. Remus starts to wonder for the first time if Dumbledore does um, the things that he does because he wants to or if he does them because he wants a werewolf on their side, which is really fair. While staying at the Potters, Sirius, um, he hurts his hand and Remus ends up taking him into the bathroom and helps him patch it up. And while they're in there, they talk about what happened. Sirius apologizes again and they talk about uh, what happened on Remus's birthday. Sirius says that it was really brave. <laughs> it's it's just so good. <laughs> I just want, I'm glad that they're friends again, you know, at the very least. <laughs> I Like I said, I 100% am so glad that she really dove into this, but like, I also just wanted them to be friends again. <laughs> the Marauders turn to Hogwarts for their sixth year. On the train back to school, Sirius and Mary get into a really big fight, but they end up making up quickly. At the start of the school year, Remus asks Madame Pomfrey to teach him some healing spells because he'll need to know them once he's out of school. And I just have to say that Madame Pomfrey's characterization is so lovely. She just seems like such a lovely and caring person. She cares so much about Remus and always makes him just feel really safe. Sirius is the worst boyfriend ever. He forgets to meet Mary for her birthday, which is why they fought on the train. <laughs> it's, 
I'm sorry. It's just like, he forgot her birthday. It's, he doesn't even seem apologetic. Like he's fighting back. If you forget someone's birthday, like you don't fight back. You just suck it up and you say sorry because you are the dick. But then he tells her that he's going to meet in Hogsmeade to make it up for her. And then he forgets that. That's so bad. I would dump his ass so quickly. Well, okay. I put up with a lot of shit in my last relationship. I don't really have a leg to stand on. (laughs) However, I have made a vow that I will never put up with shit like that again. I am sorry. Sirius, you fucking suck. Grow up. Sirius comes to hang out with Remus on um, his bed one day when the others are gone and he tells Remus that he and Mary broke up and then they basically hook up. It's a bit ambiguous what they're doing, but it's clear that they do something. I appreciate that this doesn't get super graphic because, I mean, they're minors and it would be really inappropriate for me to like continue reading something if it was really graphic depictions of minors. They have a large party for Halloween. Sirius is very interested in dating girls. Then the boys pull another prank, which Remus and Sirius get detention for. During their detention, Remus and Sirius hook up again. Sirius is dating more girls than ever, and I don't know, he's kind of a dick for this. I get that he's questioning his sexuality and that it can be a really confusing time, but he is doing this very much in front of Remus and not even trying to hide it. Remus doesn't seem too upset about it. He kind of likes being a secret, but that kind of thing is only a thrill for so long. It it, like that can only last for so long. I, I do think that this is, it's really shitty. She walks a really interesting line when she's writing Sirius's character. At times, he is so frustrating and insensitive, and then the next, he is so sweet and kind. He is kind of like dating girls um, and throwing dating girls very carelessly around in front of Remus. And then, you know, Remus can't go to Christmas with the Potters because of Greyback, and Sirius is like, I'm going to stay. And it's so sweet and kind of him. They stay together in the common room, hanging out and playing games. Then they go skating and eventually they go into Hogsmeade for some drinks. They hook up pretty regularly, but Sirius keeps telling Remus that he should get a girlfriend. I really like the Christmas chapters. I just think that they're so cute all of the time that they spend together. I think that we get to see this... um, dynamic between them sort of shaping and we see that they don't really like to talk about things (laughs) between the two of them and we build on the fact that Remus kind of gets grumpy with Sirius and gives him kind of tough love and Sirius is often receptive to it. I think Sirius is like such a dick for constantly talking about how Remus should like get a girlfriend and stuff like that. When the others return after Christmas holiday, we learn that Lily got James a pair of gloves for Christmas, which is so cute. I think this book does a pretty good job of, you know, really slow burning her going from like hating him to liking him. And I'm just a sucker for Jilly. I think that they are just the cutest. Remus is starting to get more and more upset by seeing Sirius with girls and it doesn't um, like, he, he doesn't exactly know how to talk about it. On the full moon, Remus keeps trying to go into Hogsmeade. 
there is something there that he really wants, but the others are able to stop him. And then we learn that there's another attack, and it was in Hogsmeade and that someone is killed. Remus realizes that he could smell the werewolf, and he wants to go to Hogsmeade to meet her. Him and Sirius get into a bit of an argument about it, and Sirius agrees to help him. While the other marauders are in Hogsmeade, Chris comes to talk to Remus and he tells him that he's gay and asks Remus a few questions and says that Remus is the only person he's told. Remus goes into Hogsmeade to meet the other werewolf. Her name is Olivia and she wants him to go back with her and um, meet Greyback, basically. She wants him to join Greyback. She says that he is their father and I think that the werewolf stuff it's about as interesting as it can be. I think that she does a pretty decent job of kind of world building when it comes to this stuff. It's clear that character development is what she excels at, but this is still some pretty well done stuff. It's just not the most interesting thing in the series for me. Remus's old teacher, Professor Ferrix, finds him in Hogsmeade and takes him back to Hogwarts. Remus fills in the other marauders on what happened when he was in Hogsmeade, and he says that he is a dark creature and he should start using um, this to his advantage for the war, and James says that he isn't a dark creature, he's their Moony, which is so cute. James Potter is too good, honestly. Sirius gets upset with Remus and storms away, so James goes after him. We see a really good moment where Remus realizes that he didn't know Peter and his girlfriend had broken up a week earlier, and I think this is a really good way of showing that he isn't fully prioritized to them without making it being like completely over the top, the way that some other fan fictions do. You know, obviously Peter was a little bit of like an outsider, even within the Marauders group. You know, I've talked at length about how, you know, he was clearly someone who was really good friends with them and we shouldn't downplay that relationship. However, it is clear that there was like something happened throughout their friendship to make it so that he was a little bit more on the outside to the point where he could betray them. So I like that at the start of this, we really see, you know, Peter fully sort of integrated into the group and he has redeeming qualities, you know, and then as the series kind of goes on, you see him have this kind of like slow burn fallout. I think that's really effective. Remus meets with Ferox and he says that he wants to help. He also says that he is not signing the werewolf registry. He says that he wants amnesty for all of the werewolves. Remus and Sirius make up from their previous fight, and um, they basically have been avoiding each other. They have this ability to, com- you know, be completely mad at each other, but to never actually talk about the things that they are mad about, <laughs> and then just like make up. It's kind of incredible to like watch the dialogue of it happening. <laughs> they have no clue how to communicate with each other, and you know, they kind of find joy in arguing with one another. It's it's interesting. They go back to their secret relationship while Sirius is dating another girl, and I think that this is just really horrible, what Sirius is doing here. He is cheating on this girl that he is publicly dating and invalidating um, his relationship with Remus at the same time. It's actually really disgusting. I don't care if you are questioning your sexuality. You don't get to cheat on other people. 
on like the most base level, you are putting someone's sexual health at risk without them even knowing that that was even a possibility. Fair enough if you are like casually like hooking up. Like Remus knows that, you know, there are other people involved and he is deciding to still be with Sirius knowing that. So he is taking a calculated risk and that is his choice to make that risk. But these girls have absolutely no clue that there is somebody else involved. And that's actually pretty like disgusting. I don't, I don't like that. (laughs) And then you get into the emotional side of how disrespectful it is to cheat on someone. And overall, it's just bullshit. You know, if you want to be in an open relationship, that's completely fine. And that's a totally valid thing. But you have to you know, be in an open relationship. (laughs) You can't just lie to the people around you. And I get that these guys are teenagers and that they're making mistakes and they're figuring out boundaries and all of that, but that doesn't make it less shitty. (laughs) While the others are in Hogsmeade one day, Remus and Mary sleep together. He enjoys it, but he says it's like not the same or as good as when he's with Sirius. He really has some like weird descriptions here. It says that between her legs is like slick warm oil and says that she has soft jelly breasts. Like it's fucking weird. Most of this encounter is just fade to black like all of the other sexual encounters aside from these like few odd descriptions. Maybe the real reason why Ms. King Bean didn't write sex scenes is because she just didn't know how to soft jelly breasts like yeah i don't know that's weird (laughs) remus and sirius have a weird conversation about how remus slept with mary they really just don't know how to talk to each other (laughs) remus is really starting to feel like just hooking up with sirius will never be enough The Marauders, Lily, Mary, and Marlene all decide that they are going to go camping for the summer. It's Remus's birthday again. Remus has an argument with Dumbledore, um, who says that he can't promise to help Remus with the werewolf rites. Then they go and have a big party for his birthday. Him and Sirius get into an argument while they're drunk. He tells Sirius that it is over. He's mad because the girl's that Sirius had been dating basically and I wonder what Sirius's sexuality is sometimes is like is he gay or is he bi with a preference for men Sirius and Remus talk and they both agree that sex between the two of them is better than with girls but Sirius says that this is probably because they know each other really well Perhaps he's in denial, but also perhaps he is attracted to women on some level. I can't remember if this is like kind of clarified later on or anything, but I I just, I, I know that Remus comes out as gay, but I just can't remember for serious. To me, my headcanon is just that like he is bi, but I, that's just my take on his character. <laughs> For his birthday, a bunch of students all pool their money together and they get um, Remus a compass and it points in the direction um, of a person who you love when you say their name. Okay, I also just have to say this, all of my notes, um, whenever I wrote Sirius, they auto-corrected to Sinus, which I think is (laughs) a 
really funny. So like every time I'm reading it, I'm like, what the fuck was I writing? But I think it was just um, autocorrect. Sirius and Remus haven't done anything together since his birthday. Remus has a study group with a bunch of the students where he teaches them things. He's doing one on dueling when Sirius sneaks in under the invisibility cloak. And at the end of the class, Remus and Christopher are in the room together and they're talking about a book they like. And then Christopher kisses him. Remus lets him down easily. And then, you know, Christopher leaves. Honestly, I don't like Christopher. He is just such an annoying character. I guess a bit of me like feels bad for him, but mostly I just find him really fucking annoying, always hanging around and stuff. Okay, see, like I wrote a note complaining about him. And then the very next page, James pulls a prank and he's like, Christopher is complaining about it. He's like, no one seems to care, not even Lily anymore. And then Remus tells him that he should lighten up. And he's like, prefix are supposed to uphold the rules, not just the boring ones. Like, man, you're so annoying. Oh, he's just as bad as Percy, maybe worse. Oh my God. Remus goes to watch Quidditch practices and Lily is there watching James and she admits that she likes him and it's pretty cute. She's pretty embarrassed about it though and she tells Remus that she's not going to tell him just yet. Remus looks through a box of things that were given to him by his school and he sees a letter from his mom and he learns that his mom's name was Hope Jenkins. The students write their exams, then they go off for the summer, and they start planning their camping trip. This camping trip is probably one of the most lovely parts of the entire series. They're all just hanging out and drinking, and it's just such cozy vibes. They're singing all of the young dudes, and Mary says how much she loves all of them because they're all best friends, and then Remus tells them all that he's gay. Afterwards, the girls go to bed, James and Sirius come to check on Remus. Well, James goes to check on Remus, and he makes Sirius come with him. James goes to bed, and then Remus and Sirius talk. Well, they try to talk, but classic, um, they can't really communicate fully, and Sirius tries to explain some things, but it's a bit confusing, and he mostly just says he wishes that he'd handled things better, and that they he wished they hadn't ended things the way that they did, and that he didn't want to end it at all. And they end up making up, and then Sirius says that there will be no more girls, and then they go back to find out that James and Lily are in a tent together. <laughs> Let me tell you, I can't fully explain how cute and wonderful this summer in Cornwall makes me feel. Oh my god, it's just so, it's just so warm and wonderful. This is like what I think of when I think of the Marauders. This lovely group of kids that are just good friends all together having a good time. I think it just reminds me of a lot of experiences that I've had camping with friends. Like, uh, I've just, I've lived this kind of camping trip. The like lovely feeling of being around a fire with drinks and just knowing that like everyone around you is someone that you love and it's just so cute. Sirius and Remus sit down the next morning, just the two of them, and they talk about things. Sirius apologizes and said that um, he hasn't been fair to Remus. This is the most that they actually talk about things. Sirius says that he will eventually tell everyone, but that he just isn't ready yet. They all take a hike to a lookout, and on the way there, Remus is having some trouble on the hike. 
James stays behind and he tells him that Lily and him really did just talk in the tent the night before. They talk about how um, she really likes him and James says that he's lucky. On the way back, Remus and Sirius decide to stop in at a pub for a few drinks. They talk and talk and tell each other all kinds of things that they had been kind of not telling each other. Sirius asks Remus to stop keeping secrets from him, and he agrees. Like I said, this part of the book is just so lovely. Their camping trip comes to an end, and they end up packing up their things. Sirius, James, and Remus go back to the Potters. James goes to the phone box um, every day to talk to Lily for an hour, which is just the most adorable thing ever. Oh my god, they are like relationship goals, I swear to god. (laughs) They learn that Lily and James are head boy and girl. They all go back to Diagonale to get um, some of their school things. Remus checks his compass and sees that um, he wants to see where a grant is and it's spinning all around and Remus realizes that he needs help. Sirius and Remus go off to find him and they, when they find him, he's very unwell and he has a bunch of bruises on him. They take Grant and um, Remus heals him while he's sleeping. Remus and Sirius, they sleep together there for the night, and Remus gives uh, Grant some money for a train to Brighton so that he can go there because there's like a job that he might have lined up, um, and they basically take him away from this bad situation that he's in. When uh, they leave, Grant says basically that they'll find each other again, and he says that they're like magnets. Um, They always snap back together. Oh, Grant, I just love him so much. They all head back to school for seventh year. James and Regulus get into a big fight on the train, and we learn that he is a part of the Death Eaters now. James tells Sirius that Regulus has the dark mark. Remus and Christopher are going shopping together in Hogsmeade, and everyone thinks that they'll make a really cute couple. Sirius gets really jealous about this, which it's like... I get that Sirius isn't ready to tell people, but people are going to want Remus to have a relationship, and they're just trying to be supportive and just show him that they're taking an interest in, like, him the way that he is. They know that Remus is gay, and they want to be supportive, and they have no clue that him and Sirius are together. So if he doesn't want this kind of attention being put towards Remus from the others or from Christopher, he eventually has to say something to everyone. What is Remus supposed to even say to them? You know, like, what's he supposed to tell people? Christopher and um, Remus have a run-in with Regulus and Sirius shows up and deals with his brother, and then they all go to the the three broomsticks and meet up with the others. Remus gets a letter from Grant and finds out that he is safe and he is working. Grant gives him a phone number that Remus can call. They have a party for Sirius's birthday, and then the Marauders and the girls are left. They're the only ones left after the party, and they're just planning a prank together. Things are beginning to get a little more heated at the school, and basically, Regulus is seeming to be doing a lot more of bad things. Many people want to help the Marauders with their next prank. We get a few chapters that are from other Um, characters' perspectives. The first time I read this, I really liked them, but I did think that it was a bit odd. Um, I didn't really understand why we just got a couple random, like, chapters from their perspectives. I, 
yeah, I just always thought this was a little bit random. And now I know that these chapters were published onto AO3 as a set of bonus chapters. So that makes more sense to me now. She said that this is where, um, you know, they fell within the story. So whoever made the PDF um, for the books that I used, um, they clearly had them added in where they were supposed to be, which is nice. But then it also made me wonder if those chapters from Sirius's perspective were also little bonus chapters as well, but I'm not sure. In Peter's chapter, we get to see that he loves James and he misses the days when it was just the two of them. And he thinks a lot about how he's not good enough and how he's really lonely. Mary thinks about missing her family and describes um, basically a mini skirt that she's wearing that she really likes. She thinks about how she's not really interested in a career in the wizarding world and that she might actually want to do something in the muggle world. Mary basically thinks about the boys that she's dating and how she wants them to worship her. A boy named Connor is following her and is bothering her and basically she threatens to hex him <laughs> and then tells him off and he calls her a slag and a mudblood. In Lily's chapter, we get to see basically an angry letter from her sister. She's mad because Lily was going to bring James home for Christmas and she wants Vernon to be there and she doesn't want Lily to ruin it. God, she's such a fucking bitch. <laughs> oh my God. She reflects on just how nice and supportive James is and how she didn't expect that about him. Lily thinks about how um, she asked McGonagall if she could become a teacher, but McGonagall said that she wanted her to go out and get some life experience first. She thinks that maybe she could get a job in an apothecary. In Marlene's chapter, we learn that Marlene has a crush on Mary, but Mary is not interested in her. But now Marlene is interested in a girl named Yaz, who is on the Quidditch team, and she thinks that she should tell Remus. In Sirius's chapter, he thinks about how he wants to tell James about him and Remus. Sirius thinks about his brother and how he's a Death Eater. Then he goes to hang out with Remus, um, but he is sleeping in the common room, so Sirius watches him sleep and thinks about how much he likes Remus, which is cute. I really like these chapters. I think that, you know, it's nice to get a little glimpse into the other perspectives and I like that nothing really big happens in these chapters either. It's just like a little like slice of their lives. Remus and Sirius go to the Potters for Christmas. Sirius tells Remus that he's going to tell James over Christmas about the two of them, which is like, finally. Oh my gosh, finally. <laughs> Remus talks to Mrs. Potter about his mother, and she says that she's going to ask Mr. Potter to look for her. Then they all go to go shopping in Diagon Alley and there's a really big attack from the Death Eaters. And at the end of Christmas, James gives Remus an address to find his mother. Remus writes a letter to his mother and then writes to Grant. Then they all head back to school. Dumbledore gives Remus an assignment. They want him to go into Hogsmeade and make his presence known and see if any of the werewolves around there take the bait. One thing that is, I think, hard about these books um, is that they aren't books. You know, they 
they weren't meant to be three books. There's no like beginning, middle, and end to it. In fact, most of this was probably written and released chapter by chapter, so the pacing is a little bit odd at times. I struggle in the middle of these books or just like at certain points to it just like I really lingered reading it it took me longer than it should have I really enjoyed the reread but I was still really slow reading it she really does try to diversify the plot by adding in the werewolf stuff and I appreciate that she um, sort of does this and she does a pretty decent job with it it's just not quite enough and I've talked about this with the Harry Potter books as well like this is an issue with the Harry Potter books as well this isn't just you know an issue with this it's it's the structure of the school year you know that is the issue <laughs> James decides to do some research so that they can prepare Remus for his mission Remus, James, and Sirius are looking over the books, and James sees Sirius rubbing Remus's neck. Then Remus leaves so that Sirius can tell James about the two of them. While he's gone, he runs into Lily, and he basically tells her that, you know, Sirius is telling James that we're dating. Then we get a chapter from Sirius's perspective, and this chapter is basically you know, him telling James. At first, James is upset because he doesn't get why Sirius didn't tell him, but mostly he's mad because he thinks that Sirius is going to get bored and hurt Remus. He says that they worked for seven years to get Remus's trust and that Sirius is going to mess it all up. And he says, Remus isn't, he's not just someone you can just try on for a bit and see if it fits. He needs us now more than ever. Oh, James, he's just always so thoughtful. Sirius explains that it's not the same as it was with the girls and that he really cares about Remus. And then they go and decide to play Quidditch because boys, you know. <laughs> Before they start playing Quidditch, Sirius tells him all the stuff you said about Mooney, about how he's only started to trust us and how he needs us. That's still true. That's why I need you to get used to this. Okay, Potter? and show him everything is the same. Then James agrees. Later, Remus and Sirius are together in bed, and Peter walks in on them. Sirius is like, hey, Wormy, we've got something to tell you, <laughs> which is so funny. I completely forgot that this is how like he finds out, and I laughed so hard. <laughs> Remus goes off and finds the werewolf. He learns that the next full moon there will be a big werewolf attack. Sirius is upset with Remus because he went off and um, saw the wolf, but they make up that night. One morning, James finds out that Sirius and Remus are in bed together and is a little bit mortified by this. <laughs> Sirius and Remus spend an afternoon together listening to music and getting stoned. Sirius has to tell Remus what um, a period is because he'd never learned about it, which I think is a really funny but nice touch. Like, of course, he wouldn't have learned that. He was in an all-boys care home, and Hogwarts doesn't seem to teach things like that. Marlene tells Remus that uh, she has been dating Yaz. On the next full moon, there is a really big werewolf attack, and Marlene's brother, 
Danny is attacked, but he survives and he will be a werewolf now. Remus is feeling really guilty about the entire thing. Honestly, it's hard to watch him be so hard on himself. Like, poor sweet Remus, it's not your fault. So, like, what other werewolves did is not his fault. He told people who he thought could stop it, and it has nothing to do with him at all. Remus has been hiding in his bed for days and basically won't come out, which I find it really funny because I feel like at this point in the in this series, they just like are never in class anymore. It's like so rare that they're actually even going to class, it seems like. Anyway, so Remus has been hiding out and eventually he lets Sirius in. Remus is studying in the common room and Mary comes in. She's drunk and she admits to knowing about Marlene and Yaz, but that Marlene hasn't told her yet. She also says that she knows about Sirius and Remus. Then she admits that she knows that Remus is a werewolf and says that she doesn't care. Mary suggests that Remus writes to Marlene's brother, Danny, and he says that that isn't a good idea. Sirius comes down and Mary jokes that um, she's trying to seduce his boyfriend. And Sirius is like, wait, we're telling everyone now? And she says, I'm not everyone, you arrogant tosser. Don't forget, I had you both first. And I literally laughed out loud. I was like, that's so funny. Valentine's Day comes up and there's a really awkward conversation where Mary says that Sirius um, did lots of romantic stuff with her and Peter says that um, that was different. Obviously, he wouldn't do that mushy stuff with Remus. Yikes, Pete. That's not a good look, buddy. (laughs) And then Lily gets upset with him and rightfully so. Good job, Lily. Okay, so I have to say that Mary's character is a little bit, like, off-putting to me at this point in the book. Like, we get it. She likes male attention, and she likes to look nice. We don't need to constantly be sexualizing her in such an extreme way. This is what the text says about her and Valentine's Day. Doing it right to Mary meant receiving, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know what that next word is. I, it's a massive typo. Anyways, offerings from her various acolytes, a fantasy in which she was Aphrodite and all would pay homage. It's a bit much. I don't know. She's obviously allowed to be confident and have sexual agency, but this just seems a bit much. It's also dipping into people viewing her in a way sort of that they're shaming her for her being like kind of interested in casual sex and wanting guys to show like interest in her. I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit much for me. I think that there is a way to show that she has like sexual agency and wants to, you know, is interested in having sex with with boys and that she wants attention and that she wants the men or the young men in her life to, you know, be caring and like her and think good things about her. But this is so, it's just so extreme, you know, like saying that she's like Aphrodite and saying that, um, you know, like she wants them to just pay homage to her. It's just too much. It's 
I don't know. It's just so over the top. I can't, I can't really put my finger on it. It just, it comes a little bit across as shaming her for it, as opposed to just it being a fact about her that she is interested in dating. For Valentine's Day, James makes a firework display for Lily. All of the fireworks shower the Great Hall in Lily's, and he gets her a little kitten as a gift. Normally, I think getting people pets as gifts is like it's a really weird thing unless you know that they like want one because that's just a bad idea. Um, but this is fake, so it's cute. <laughs> Remus gives Sirius a chocolate frog and then he says, Happy Valentine's Day, wanker, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> We get a Valentine's Day chapter from Sirius's perspective. He's struggling a bit with the fact that him and Remus can't really do things in public like the other couples, but they really seem to have a good Valentine's Day either way. Remus gives him a chocolate frog and then they skip class and they hook up and Sirius thinks that he loves Remus, but he doesn't say it. The Marauders send out invites and they have a meeting to plan a prank on the Slytherins. They all have to leave the room in small groups, sort of spread out, so Sirius, Remus, and Christopher are left in the room, just the three of them together, and Sirius decides that they're going to play truth or dare. On the way back to the common room, Sirius says that Chris should dare him to kiss Remus, and then he does. This is kind of mean on Sirius's part, but like also meh, like whatever. Marlene is now back from... Um, seeing her family, and Remus is feeling very guilty about her brother again. Sirius and Remus get into a really big fight because Remus isn't talking to him and because he's in pain and he won't tell Madame Pomfrey about it. Then they start um, fully avoiding each other. They make up slightly and then get into a bigger fight where Sirius says that um, Remus is a martyr and Remus tells him to get fucked. Remus is rather cruel and says, why don't we talk about your pain for a bit and brings up Sirius's mom. Sirius storms off and then Remus gets a letter from his own mother. Remus freaks out and he kicks the door and then has a panic attack. Lily does some deep breathing with him and then um, Lily and James and Remus talk a little bit. Remus decides that he's going to go and see his mom right then. So Lily and James go with him. He goes into the hospital um, that she's staying at and he learns that she has more kids than just him. His mom's name is Hope and she explains why she gave him up and they both like music and talk about that. This chapter with his mom is really sad. It's too sad. Like... This is where the book is starting to kind of take a turn into like Sadville. <laughs> when Remus comes out of the hospital, he cries and Lily hugs him. Sirius is there in dog form. Remus says that he wants to go and get really drunk. Peter ends up coming to meet them as well and they go for drinks. They think about um, what they are going to do with the map after they leave school. And there's this really off-putting line where Peter says that he doesn't want school um, and everything to be over. And uh, there aren't a ton of times in this where I just like hate Peter, but I really hate him in this moment because we know that it is Peter's fault that everything ends up being over for the Marauders. So it's just really disturbing. <laughs> 
When they're walking back to school, Remus and Sirius are in the tunnel alone and they remember the time um, that they were drunk there before and Sirius said that Remus was magic. Remus says that his mom told him that she loves him and that he didn't say it back and that he's worried that he might not be able to say it to anyone ever. Sirius tells him that it's not something that you say, it's something that you do. And then Remus tells him that he's magic. Oh my god, it's so cute and sad and cute and it makes me want to (laughs) cry. Oh god, we're not even in book three yet. (laughs) They all wake up and they're very hungover. Lily is in the room and um, I guess she slept in James's bed and Remus freaks out and he's like in his underwear and he's like, oh my god, we can't have girls in here, <laughs> which it's like you and Sirius sleep together in the same bed pretty much every night. It is no different, Remus. Calm down. Remus goes and asks McGonagall if he can go and visit his mom like on a regular basis and she says yes. McGonagall asks Remus if it's okay with him that she lets Sirius back onto the Quidditch team. They are down a beater and they want Sirius to replace him. Um, And he had been removed because of the prank with Severus. I feel weird calling it a prank. It wasn't a prank. That's too light of a word for what he did. (laughs) This event brings up, um, you know, for lack of a better word, the prank again. Remus and Sirius speak about it, and Sirius says that it's the worst thing he's ever done, and that he feels really guilty about it. He says that he got off easy and he knows it. Remus says that Sirius had made it up to him. Sirius talks about his mother and being disowned, and he talks about all of the nasty things that Snape had done, and he says that Snape made him feel a similar way, um, and he just wanted to make it stop, and Remus tells him that it's forgiven. It is Remus's birthday, and they're having a party, of course. I feel like it's always Remus or Sirius's birthday at some point. Like, when does James have a birthday? When is it Peter's birthday? (laughs) Anyways, so it is Remus's birthday. Sirius gets him a nice uh, cigarette holder, which is really cute. I'm anti-smoking, but this is a cute moment. (laughs) Remus has been going to visit his mom, and he's getting to know her better. Remus ends up writing a letter to Marlene's brother, Danny, and tells him some useful things um, about being a werewolf and about transformation. When Marlene finds out, she gets in a big, like, fight with him about it. She asks Remus if he's just trying to, you know, get her brother on the other side. She asks him how long um, he's been a werewolf and if the other teachers know and if Dumbledore knows. Then she tells Remus to stay away from her family and just, like, what a fucking bitch. She has known Remus for seven years. She knows the kind of person that he is and has been his close friend. Remus put himself at risk to help her brother and this is how she replays him. Fuck her. I can't. I hate her. In this moment, I fucking hate her character so much. Once she calms down a bit, um, her and Remus speak again, and it's a bit better this time. She says that she's just hurt by him because he kept this secret, which to that I say, like, fuck off. She went around talking about, you know, how horrible she thought werewolves were all of the time. It happened multiple times in this book where she's just going on and on about werewolves, and why would he ever tell her then? You know, like, she didn't make it exactly easy for him. She was, you know, constantly talking shit about werewolves. 
you're not going to tell someone like that a, a huge secret like this where you could get kicked out of school when if everybody finds out you know like you would be very worried that she would go and tell a bunch of people she's also keeping a very big secret from her best friend she hasn't told mary about her and yaz which is totally fine it's it's her right to tell her friends when she's ready but she should understand what it's like to be afraid to tell one of your friends certain things about you that you're worried they won't take well but they leave things on a better note and so as much as I'm still like not okay with her um we just have to move on because Remus is moving on (laughs) and basically she agrees that she's going to try Sirius and Remus get in yet another fight about Remus telling Danny um that he's a werewolf Sirius says that it was reckless and it's odd because like sometimes these two they know each other like better than they know themselves and then other times they go and they talk about things and they just can't communicate in the slightest and this is one of those moments christopher is found in the hallway and he's acting oddly then the next day he rushes to go and get lily and um, remus and he says that they need to come he basically had an accident he turned lockhart into a big uh jelly thing (laughs) because I guess they'd been meeting up and kissing and Lockhart confronted him afterwards and he was about to do it again so he did this as an event a defense to avoid it. Remus tries to lie to McGonagall about what happened and you know she's like way too smart for him so she's like look clearly detentions have not been working so I'm gonna do something that I know you're not gonna actually not like you have to be the commentator for the final Quidditch match and he does a rather colorful commentary as a peace offering Marlene creates this like ointment that's a combination of magic and muggle origins for Remus's hip and it really helps him with his pain Marlene is a bit nicer about the werewolf thing she wants to help people like Remus and her brother Remus and Sirius decide that they are going to live together after school. Sirius wants to live in Muggle London. Remus wants Sirius uh, to meet his mother now. They pull a prank. Snape gets really mad and tries to use Sectum Sempra, but Remus uses um, a lot of big magic to block it. Filch confiscates the Marauder's Map, so Remus feels like he's leaving behind um, some of his legacy. And that's the end of the book. My final thoughts are that I really liked it. I liked it as much as I did the first time I read it. Um, I do feel like there were some lulls in the middle, but I understand why that was. And I'm really worried going into the next book because everything is about to get really sad and I'm about to cry a lot. So yeah, that's great. If you guys have any thoughts, comments, concerns, or feelings about anything I've said today, you can send an email to cauldroncakesandwine at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram is the best place. You can find all of our social media on our website cauldroncakesandwine.com. It's all linked there. This podcast is a part of the Cauldron Cakes and Wine Network. You can also check out our sister podcast, the Femflix Podcast. I hope that you guys have a lovely day, afternoon, evening, whenever you are finding this podcast. Bye!